Yes, coming in hot with episode 30 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined actually in the flesh for the very first time by Jobber. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. How are you? Looking yeah, very good. slim. Yeah, I am. And um, and you are too. You are too. No, you are too. That wasn't genuine. No, you look good, mate. You look oh, good. good what, a week, what a week it's been. Big week. I'll jump into the flavour. So we've got um, we've got an opening question to hit everyone with. We've got some weekly happenings, Champions League review and Premier League preview, and then we'll uh, have a look at the socials as well. Um, so opening question, do you want to hit us off? I will. So Carlos Tusquets, I believe it's pronounced, the Barcelona interim president, um, recently said that releasing Messi would have helped with the financial issues. Um, obviously, Carlos isn't a fan. So it got me thinking, what's the worst financial decision you have seen in football? Long list to choose from. Um, but I am taking us back to the glory days of um, John Arnarisa. Remember him? Liverpool oh, left back. Big John. Big John, the big guy. Um, hammer of a left foot, played for Liverpool, um, earning £50,000 a week at that point in time. Um, and then decided to invest a hotel in um, his native Norway. <laughs> Sinks all his money in that and um, and then gets caught up and gets some fines in a local county court in Liverpool. Um, so in 2007, he actually declared bankruptcy in a Liverpool court and said he couldn't pay the £100,000 fine and legal dispute there um, despite having his earnings put through the paper at um, £50,000 a week. So I think um, exorbitant hotels in your hometown and country of Norway really torched him. And, um, yeah, let's hope things turned around for him. What have you got? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, poor John, eh? Still got a bloody hammer of a left peg, but doesn't he? Yeah, he can still do it. You know, he he can still do a job for them. Um, I thought you were segueing into Paul Konchesky, um, Liverpool left back to the next great Liverpool left back. Now, look, I've got to go with the – there's a tale at Manchester United of poor investment over the last five years, and I just don't think you can go past Alexis Sanchez. Aye. So Manchester United lashed out 30 mil for a player that they never actually wanted because just to make sure that Man City wouldn't get him. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever seen 30 million spent so quickly on something you don't want. A spot signing. <laughs> but <laughs> the other thing about it was I swear to God they replaced him. Like... Arsenal have kept Sanchez somewhere else in a box and replaced him with some fat Chilean <laughs> there instead. He wasn't the same player, though. He, he was useless. Towards the end of his Arsenal career, he was a little bit – his form took a little hit, but he always played really well for Chile. And then, but once he went to Man U, he was unrecognisable. But it was the double effect, too, of Mkhitaryan going the other way. So Arsenal had that amplified effect of getting an equally useless player. So mm. it's, I just can't think of anything that's compounded that badly. Yeah, some bad decisions. A um, couple of honourable um, mentions to uh, Portsmouth. They've um, made some horrendous <laughs> signings over the journey and taught some Sorry. money on the last day. So, um, And mainly due to Harry Redknapp, really, and his transfer policy. Wheeling and dealing. Um, but why not? We'll move on to weekly happenings, huh? What do you got? Yeah, so um, this week fans were back at the Emirates in the Europa League um, and Spurs <laughs> noted that hugging was discouraged. Uh, 10 stadium, 2,000 fans, everyone needs masks. But it's good to see fans back, isn't it? It's good to see fans back. I think it's an odd time, isn't it? I mean, COVID sure. seems to be more, more prevalent um, throughout the UK and Europe than ever before, um, yet they're letting fans back in. So whether that's um, just them realising how the severity of the virus or something like that, 
but they're letting fans in. But I remember when um, coronavirus first hit, obviously we were over in the UK at that point and we weren't allowed to go to games um, and there was only a couple of cases. Now the whole country's like rife with it and they're letting fans back. But anyway, it'll be good to see. What will be weird is it'll be weird to see um, like 2,000 fans in Spurs' new stadium. So like massive stadium, but they've only got 2,000 fans in there. Like it. You know what I mean? Like, it'll just yeah. spectacly, so, it'll look weird still. Yeah. It's going to be weird seeing 2,000 fans in Manchester City Stadium. Like, that'd be almost a capacity or at least, oh, at least some sort of record. And you knew something was like, coming like. It's like, um, but with the case of Britain and COVID, it's like starting a fire in a room and then closing the door behind you. I mean, like, oh, it's okay. I can't see it. Um, I just Smoke billowing yes, under the door. But you've shut the door. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It just seems like they're so far from ready, but it's going to be great seeing some fans back in obviously in australia we're pretty lucky we've seen like we're seeing capacity at canberra at the cricket almost so yeah that'll be good um so the other big bit of news is alf uh, alf erling harland um is alf's going to miss the rest of 2020 but erling harland is expected to miss the rest of 2020 because of injury what does this do to dortmund's title chances well it probably dashes their title chances if they weren't already dashed i think um Obviously, buying uh, out in front, um, and they're looking very machine-like in their performances, uh, picking up points every other week. So, yeah, I think that'll close the door on on that ch- title challenge. Um, interest, interesting to see what they do in um, the rest of the Champions League. I think without him. Yeah. So, the last one is the Premier League and the EFL have finally agreed a two hundred and fifty million bailout, and I love the phrasing here. So, money could be flowing within a week. It sounds like something Donald Trump would say, but um, I don't think it's odd um, language to use to, for a bailout. Like, <laughs> hey, just, like they're begging Paul, crying Paul, which they probably are. Um, but then they use the word "money will be flowing." But yeah, was it um, three hundred seventy thousand pound a club or something? And then they're quarantining twenty million to like you can apply for it and ads needs basis. I think they're calling it like a grant. So. Yeah, they need to do something and they didn't sell their soul to the big six clubs to, to get it done either, which is nice. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that. I wanted there to be some sort of backroom dealing between um, Ed Woodward and what's the bloke from Liverpool's name? Um, not Cronky, Cronky's Arsenal. Um, the Fenway sports bloke, I wanted him to be doing some you know, dirty dealing in the back, but I guarantee they've sold their soul at some point um, as part of this deal you don't get nothing for free. Yeah, and so I mean, the money will help, but it's, it feels like a Band-Aid um, unless they actually make some changes down there in at those levels, whether that be um, with how they run their businesses or their, their football teams and the wage spend and stuff like that. So obviously the incentive is to spend a bunch of wages and get promoted and get up the leagues. Um, but, I mean, as soon as one team misses promotion, it just – their whole financial model, like they've got players on three-year deals and stuff where in theory year two they'd be earning championship wages from TVs and stuff like that. So, yeah, tough. Yeah. So, so it's been a big week but um, move on. So I've got to get back to the football here. So the Champions League, what a week. Who are the the big winners this week? Yeah, too many games to get through them all but we've picked out a couple. Um, Well, I would say that PSG probably the biggest winners. So, the, this group was um, very finely balanced and I think the whole group has completely swung in their direction, whereas they were third and now I think they're probably likely to end after match day six on top, aren't they? 
So all tied up on nine points, and they played back a sheer. Yeah, so it's um, the interesting element of that is PSG have lost to Bashik Shahir, I believe. No, that, no, 2 0 shit performance. United lost to Bashik Shahir. Imagine if they hadn't lost. But um, no, look, PSG are now top because I think head to head means more than goal difference in the Champions, Champions League. League. Yeah, okay. So that works favourably for Manchester United, but. Manchester United, PSG and Leipzig all on nine points, evenly poised. Leipzig's goal difference sucks and their head-to-head against Manchester United sucks, so a draw will not be enough for Leipzig. So Man you need to draw or win and they'll go through in second. Because we're, we, we're saying that PSG will beat Bakashi. Yeah, um, I, think, yeah. I think they should get the job done. Yeah, so it's really for second and Man you need to win or better to go through second. Yeah, so the actual match itself, what, what did you think of Neymar? Or a probably a typical performance where he's a bit um, a bit bratty, like you know he's frustrating to watch. But then when he decides to turn it on, turn it on, like his speed off from dead still to like drifting past players was unbelievable. But he was involved in everything petty at the start, which was frustrating. But I suppose the highlight of his was his run late on to to get the get the third goal. Um, he had a couple of runnings with players, didn't he? He had a clash with McTominay. Um, him and Fred, I, I couldn't work out if they were having words or he was just like trying to calm him down. Yeah, I think it's a bit of shithousery on Neymar's behalf. Yeah. I think it's a combination of the two. But um, like, I just feel like every time he gets the ball, like you sit a bit further up in your seat. Like mm-hmm. he was running at Lindelof a couple of times one on one and you're like, you can't handle him. Like, you're, not, <laughs> you're not ready for this. Yeah. Um, but he's just so exciting. Like he, him and Mbappe as well. Once Mbappe gets a stride on, you're like, oh shit, here we go. Something's happening. Yeah, yeah. something's going to happen. Um, and generally it did. But PSG, great start. And I think like they probably deserve the points. Um, the turning points, there's two of them for me that were absolutely critical was Anthony Martial's finishing. The miss over the oh, bar where he cut back to him on the right foot. That was bad. That's shit, isn't it? It's just a constant criticism of him, and eventually he's got to turn it from a young, talented player into an established professional and start tucking those home. Like yep. It's just it's so frustrating. And then Fred. Yeah. Fred the Red. You could, Fred the Red, that's good. You could see that coming a mile away, and it's weird that everyone can see it except Ollie. Like, how many times did you think, mm, he's on the edge here, maybe we should take him off? Yeah. He not- kept him on. That's a – he missed – Butcher that decision, surely. But there's no centre midfielders to bring on. Like you got to. I think this goes oh, back to the board. This goes back to Woodward. Now, what a fucking idiot! Like he yeah. has Donny Van Beek sitting there, Paul Pogba sitting there, like Madge two managers sitting there. You got world class midfielders on the bench, and he's like, "Geez, Fred's going all right, isn't he?" <laughs> like, oh. fucking. But hell. so the headbutt where he got the yellow for that's a red. That's a red. That's a red. Hundred percent. That's a red. But uh, it's weird that um, I. It's weird that VAR, to me, even sent the referee over there. For me, you just see it once and you're like, that's a red card. Yeah. So the VAR were like, mm, I'm not sure about this. Maybe you should have a look for yourself. The referee goes over, looks at it for like a second, which is all you need, comes back, and I'm like, oh, here we go. He's going to get the strawberry out. And then um, yeah, it gives him yellow. So I'm like, how do you get a yellow for that action? It's uh, in, You either don't – you think he headbutted him and it's a red, or you think he didn't headbutt him and it's nothing there. 
Yeah, it was weird because like, I how can felt you get a like, yellow for that? I felt like the referee was almost like trying to make a statement with his mannerisms, being like, "Oh, I don't think there's much in it." Like, oh, he's, like, so he's the... like, "I'm putting my foot down now." As to this point, because like you see players go down so easily oh. with that, like, and it, it is quite annoying. But mm. Fre- Fred should know better than putting himself in that position. But yeah. like, it almost felt like the referee was like, "I'm going to make a statement here that this is no longer a red card in football." <laughs> we've got a, we've got a range of other refereeing problems, but he's like, oh, "I'm not going to stand for this." Yeah. Um, but luckily, Fred helped himself out, and justice was probably served. Um, the, but the second yellow, I don't think that's, that's a yellow. yellow. I agree. I don't think that was a yellow. And <laughs> the, whether the referee's making up for what he someone got in his ear later and said that that was definitely red or whatever, but I don't think it was a yellow. But having said that, it was only it almost was like it's just a matter of time. Yeah. So whether he doesn't give him a yellow for that challenge, which he probably shouldn't have, but then I think fast forward five minutes later, Fred's still going to dive into something that he shouldn't dive into. Yeah. Um. So yeah, daft decision. So Neymar. Comes out and says, um, uh, well, I think he was asked, you know, you're close to going down to the Europa League. And he's like, I didn't come to PSG to play in the, in the Europa League. And it doesn't look like they will be um, playing in that league anytime soon. Looks like they they are going through. Interesting that um, I thought um, Mbappe went out to Martial's side because I thought he wasn't going to get a lot of, um, you know, tracking back from him. So really only had... Um, yeah, left back to deal with Telus. Yeah, yeah, to deal with. So he was sort of one on one with him a, a lot. Um, yes, yeah, so Telus got it, exposed quite a bit. Yeah, um, but that, like they were brought in. He was brought in because he's like very good in attacking sense, but that's the risk you take. Yeah, but I think when Luke Shaw's back, I don't think he plays anyway. To be honest, oh, I think it depends on who you play. Um, but the other thing I really wanted to touch on, and it really pissed me off yesterday <laughs> to the point my blood was literally boiling. In 2020 football, Marquinhos is offside. Yeah. What the – like, honestly, what is going on? Why is that offside in the Premier League? And then on a Wednesday night, it's not. It irked me so much. Yeah. Like, and I don't know. Someone said on – Optus is my favourite source of punditry. And they said, oh, offside must be different in Europe. And that just made me more angry. Yeah. I just couldn't – I just could not settle down. I was like, he's – He's offside. Like we're, I'm looking at Jordan, uh, Jordan Patrick Bamford's arm, yeah, and Harry Kane's arm, and I'm yeah. like, that's offside. He's got a leg behind him. Yeah, even in the old rules, that's offside. I was like, yeah. what? I just, I don't get football anymore. It's sad isn't it, that we. I mean, it was meant to come in and clear things up, but I think it's just complicated things. And instead of arguing about was it offside, was it onside, we're just arguing about you know interpretations of that. So at the end of the day, it's still a person in a box making a decision what they think. Um, but it seems like we're getting goofier decisions because they're not there at the ground. They're like the context of the game isn't there either, which yeah. makes some, some of the decisions. But, but yeah. the line's still the line. Or the line should yeah. be. But uh, my God. Well, that's the thing about offsides. It's meant to be yes or no. It's not meant to be open to interpretation or but how that was an offside. But I, I think that PSG were probably in control and going to gain control at, at some point. So I don't know whether that makes you feel better or not that they were going to lose anyway. But yeah. There's, uh, so it all comes down to next week, and then United lose. Ollie, you think so? Gets the old Spanish archer. Yeah. Well, that, this is what's saving him. This it, Champions League. Yeah. Run well, it's not, his, it's not his league form. <laughs> no. So <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. But now that Leipzig next next Wednesday on the ninth, um, all comes down to that really. PSG, let's say they're through, but next week's the it's the ultimate showdown. All right. The next game we got on is um, Liverpool Ajax. So Liverpool injury depleted, as everyone knows, because of Kloppo. Um, but they bought some 
brought some of their younger players in and um, beat Ajax at home, which is a good win, 1-0. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, Liverpool weren't quite themselves, but kind of to be expected. Um, but you got Kelleher came in for Allison, um, Williams played right back, Matip and Fabinho in the centre. Um, Curtis Jones got a game, and then they had the front three of Salah, Jota, Mane, but they just they just weren't quite themselves, like of their usual high standard. I just like, they pressed hard and they did everything they could, but they just weren't quite at the races. What did you think? Yeah, well, I thought they did well to get get away with the win and just sort of close out this um, this run in the the Champions League where they can rest players next week because they're they're through and they'll be on top um, of this group. But so I think beating Ajax is um, like any day of the week is is great. So I think yeah, I was I was impressed with um, like probably the professionalism and how they got through the game and, and just got it done. Um, the Keller, the the keeper, like he made some good saves, and at the end of the day, um, they were good saves and ones that I'd probably like to see him make. But the carry on from the commentators about how great he is, and I'm like, at the end of the day, he's still a professional keeper mm. um, who's what 24 or something like that. Yeah. Like, make those. yeah, he should make those. Like, just yeah. he's not a baby. He's not. He didn't come out of like a farmers league. <laughs> like, he's a professional footballer at Liverpool. Of course, he's going to make. So some some decent stays, yeah. Um, what did you think of the goal? Is that a is that a gaff? Has he left it? Um, he comes out for the cross, mm. pulls the arms away. Does he know something we don't, or is he just completely missed Jones's run and just let him tuck it home? Yeah, I think he's misjudged the flight. So he's he's taken, <laughs> I know he's misjudged. He's the taken flight. a few steps out where I think he's like, oh, I'll come out and catch this, and then. Then it's flown over and he's gone, actually, this is going all the way out. He thinks it's going like over the back. Yeah. But then it drops short. So, yeah, he's obviously um, sort of underestimated the flight of the ball and then drastically overestimated the flight of the ball. But nice finish too, yeah. like high angle. Yeah. And he's gone with his right foot, which is tough technique to do. Long ball like that, right foot, outside the foot to get it back across goals, tight ankle. So, yeah, nice finish from uh, Curtis Jones. It just shows how wrong Anama got it, but too. Because like, it didn't I, – I almost felt like he could have reached it. Like it doesn't seem like coming down to Jones, it, like, it wasn't yeah. that far from him because Jones hit it pretty low. Yeah, well, Jones is bowling with yeah. his foot. So it's not as if he's like jumped <laughs> up for a header yeah, and jumped over the bar or anything. Oh, so. Bloody comical. It's nice to see Daly Blind run around too. Um, haven't seen him. He's a genuine footballer, Daly. I mean, just he can just play anyway. Yeah, love to see him. Well, because he's come through that Ajax academy, didn't he? Where and they teach you to play in every, um, in every position. Yeah. So. Um, and I got sick of how many times the uh, commentators referenced his father too. Um, we get it. Danny Blind was good. Let it go. Um, so next one is Shakhtar Donetsk two. Real Madrid nil. So we were waxing lyrical about Real Madrid's um, rebirth last week and they've absolutely mugged us off here. So what did you think of this one? Yeah, we both got that one wrong, didn't we? Um, I honestly was genuinely shocked at this result um, and by all accounts, um, yeah, Real Madrid just weren't at the races that day. So, yeah, beaten 2-0. Um, relatively strong team. Like they're not they're not missing um, anyone of note other than um, Ramos. But apart from that, they're pretty much full strength. Um, as I said, Benzema was back. Quartar was in, in goal, but yeah, got done. And 
um, by two second half goals, and this really puts their um, them going through to the next round in in jeopardy. Yeah, I think that like I know it's not like Real Madrid obviously a world class team, but missing Ramos I think just hurts them so much. Like Rafael Varane, like seems to grow a foot next to Ramos. Like, yeah. I reckon he's at fault for. One of, if not both, those goals again. You know, I've got it in for it. What? Always playing it out from the back. Um, he's just so indecisive at yeah. times. Like, and it kills him. And like, one thing Sergio Ramos is not is disciplined. Um, no, he's indecisive. Like, he's yeah. always decisive. Full he always seems committed. to make the right yeah. Even if he doesn't make the right decision, he makes the decision so relentlessly and powerfully, it becomes the right decision. Yeah. So everyone has to jump on. Forces off. that way. Yeah. But Varane just looks so circumspect without him mm. and indecisive. And I thought he was at fault for the first goal and potentially the second. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Madrid um, go into third in this group um, with Muchengladbach um, on top, Shakhtar second, Madrid third, as I said, and Inter fourth. Um, going into the last match day, all four teams can still top the group. Um, it's going to take some goals, but mathematically it can happen. But, yeah, basically everyone can still go through and everyone can still um, miss out, really. So interesting times in that group. Are so you brave enough to say who goes through? One one stat attack before I make that wild prediction. Okay. So Shakhtar have won just two of their last nine matches in the Champions League. Both victories have come against Real Madrid. Wow, that's unusual, isn't it? It's yeah. a crazy stat, but it's true. Um, so I'm going to say going through, I'm going to say Mochin Gladbach are going to go through, and they will be joined by – I'm just looking at the fixtures now. Well, um, so Inter play Shakhtar, and Much and Gladbach play um, Shakhtar. Shakhtar are Real. a run, aren't they? Um, so Inter at, at home to Shakhtar. Yeah, I think oh, – jeez, this is a tough one, isn't it? So you, Much and Gladbach are going to go through, which means that Inter or Shakhtar have to go through. Yeah, because you can't Sh- have – How is Shakhtar second? What, what what is going on here? Shakhtar second, so Inter need to win. I think it's going to be much in Gladbach and Shakhtar. I think it's going to be as it Stay is. Stay as is, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Inter just, oh, I thought like they got away with it a bit in their fixture. Uh, I'm just going to check the running order to make sure they're, they're not on it. No, we don't have time. But um, they got away with it. It was very, um, very frantic finish in that game. I know it's on the run, not on the running order, so I'm just going to touch on one key moment in that game. So offsides ruining the game. We know that. <laughs> Um, but it also robbed player of a hat trick for watching Gladbach against Inter. So he had a shot. The players recovering, coming back, and um, yeah, keep going. Um, has come back, and um, it's he's hit it, yep. and the the foot has raised. So the player was offside, coming back, raised it, and then it's trickled in. And Var looked at it for about oh, what felt like forever. Um, and it wasn't given as a goal. So it was one of those ones where he's like sort of impacting the play, sort of not, but he's blocked the keeper's vision and the keeper's just missed it completely. Yeah. Um, so Inter could have very easily been out. Absolute scene celebrations. Everyone's over the moon, but we all just knew VAR was going to ruin football again. Um, so I'm going to have Real Madrid go through and I'm going to tip them to top the group, actually. So I think they're going to beat Mutch and Glove back and I think um, Shakhtar and Inter is going to be draw. Just don't know what Real Madrid are going to produce. Um, so one more that's not on the running order, but we need a quick mention on is um, Olivia Giroud four. Bloody hell! <laughs> perfect hat trick and well, a penno. Perfect, very good looking hat trick from Giroud, and then he's. Te- it, do you know what I got out of that most? Was it seems like his teammates just love him. Like they were so happy for him. Yeah, it's um, 
a great win, obviously. Um, and for him not to play so many games and then just come in and score four, unbelievable. Just four finishes too, like all different finishes, a couple of headers, Peno, tap yep. He can just do everything. Um, so before we move on from that, I've got one stat on that. Um, Olivier Giroud has scored the third most amount of goals in Europe in the last two years. That's outrageous. Isn't that That's outrageous? play. Yeah. Um, Frankie Tosk. Not in the Prem. He seems to start the Champions League. Well, he makes better sense to play him in the Champions League because that, that way they've got a focal point and they can play, um, like change the structure around him. Less, they're less likely to play two up top in the Champions League, I think. That English style won't hold up in continental Yeah, yeah. But he's, he's just so cultured. Left foot, right foot, head up, pen. What can he do? What can't he do? All right, so great week for Olivier Giroud. So let's move on. So the first picture we're going to touch on is Aston Villa versus Newcastle United. So, so obviously Britain coping with COVID. We're going to see um, crowds back in. <laughs> Aston Villa, Newcastle postponed because Brucey's boys are – they're super spreaders at this point, aren't they? Well, how, how ironic is it that the week we welcome fans back the first game in the Premier League is postponed because of COVID. So, yes, fans incoming because you're not infected, <laughs> but hang on, there's no footballers there to play that game. Now the players are infected. The fans so, are, but the players are. So postponed. I don't think this will be the last time we see something like this either, a postponed game that um, in the Premier League that needs to get moved. No, my concern is that we're going to lose the uh, Christmas schedule that it has grown so dear to my heart um, because of a, an outbreak of COVID because – um, rumor on the street is that English people just don't isolate after they've um, after they've been diagnosed, or at okay. least don't do it for the fourteen days. So apparently, that's a large part of the problem is people don't understand and just don't isolate. So it just keeps spreading. Yeah. So um, probably good news for um, Ross Barkley that, so he can get back from his uh, injury. <laughs> good news for Ross Barkley. Um, get back from his injury and, and get into the, the next round. So they'll have to catch that up and that will probably hurt the, the players. I'm sure they'll jam that in midweek at some stage. Need a team with um, European football, so it should not be that hard to do. All right, next one. All right. Burnley-Everton. Uh, off we go to Burnley-Everton. So how badly do Burnley need points? Well, a second most team in the Premier League if they're second last, I suppose. That's, that's well said. You've got that well. They've got a game in hand on West Brom and Fulham, so a win here would actually take them up to 17th, um, just trailing Brighton. So this would be very important. Everton in a bit of a lull right now. Yeah, they they need Dominic Calvin-Lewin's goals back, don't they? Um, and they need to sort things and, and get things right. As I said, I think the start of the season flattered them and I think they're just bouncing back and sort of um, – going back to equilibrium where they're going to be for the rest of the year and probably where they'll finish up in sort of that high mid-table spot. So Burnley have got a good record at home against Everton, so I think this might be an upset here or at least a nil-all draw. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm tipping Everton to um, make things right, basically because Burnley are rubbish. <laughs> All right, so moving on. So do you know what has skipped the running order? What's that? That is disappointing. So Tuesday morning, Leicester City got mugged off by Fulham, and I just don't think they've been given the credit they deserve. And I've been approached by a local merchant who's asking me to make sure this gets brought up. Yeah. Um, so Manchester City take on Fulham. Fulham recently knocked off Leicester City, who beat Manchester City by mm. three, four goals? Five. Five goals. So 
Fulham are two goals better than Leicester. They should beat City 7-0. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick math. Um, no, the, the same merchant approached me and I didn't really like his attitude, actually. I walked into the establishment and he was playing back to me my prediction, so that hurt. But I, I in this game, I know that was a good win by Fulham. Um, they needed it. Weirdly, they've just that brings them out of the relegation zone, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, I know how bad they've been. But, um, yeah, a good win by Fulham. But I think City absolutely batter them this week. I think City are on one at the moment. And coming off their result last week, they will um, shred Fulham. And um, I think this is a banker. This is an absolute banker. <laughs> you're, just, you're speaking out of hurt there, right? Um, yeah, look, no, I think you're right. But I just don't think Fulham can defend. Um, and for some reason, Leicester couldn't attack during the week. So, yeah, I think, I think City will probably batter them. Um, but yeah, I just I just can't see how Fulham can win this game. But um, if you're listening, uh, well done last week. But moving on to the big one this week, I think um, I know there's a London derby later, but the David Moyes derby. So David Moyes, obviously famous for his time as Manchester United manager, um, and his West Ham charges take on Manchester United. Who's got a better manager in this game? Um, well, I'm going to say United have a better manager. Yeah, Ollie hasn't done West Ham United. Um, <laughs> so David Moyes has as a higher win percentage at West Ham than he has at any other club at fifty percent. Really? There you go. Um, highest of his career. Um, another stat for you for West Ham and how well Declan Rice is going in his West Ham team. He's first in passes, first in intercepts, first in tackles, most minutes played in the game as well, in all games as well. Good season so far. Yeah, I think I think he's um he's grown a bit because I was I was fairly critical of him in the off season actually Declan, but like he seems to really be growing, and I think um the biggest factor there is he's actually getting time to grow. No one's like, oh, you need to sell him for a hundred million to Chelsea, like he's the best player in the world. Now it's like he's in a team that's performing better, and he's getting to grow with the team. Yeah, and he looks streets better than he did last year in my eyes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if he there was rumours of him going to Chelsea um at the start of the season, but. I think him not going to Chelsea is a blessing for him. And as you say, he can just concentrate on um, on his football and not having to sort of battle and, and that for his spot every single week. Like he knows he's starting, he can concentrate, get his head down and, um, yeah, really run things in that West Ham team. So I think West Ham are looking pretty good. They're up into fifth, United in ninth. Who have you got? in this, and if something goes horribly wrong the weekend, does someone lose their job? Um, so, no, David Moyes' job is safe. Um, he can't be safe for Manchester United twice. Um, but I, I think United are going to have enough for West Ham. West Ham actually up to fifth, but I do think Manchester United are sort of putting something together in the league, like slowly building towards something. Bruno Fernandes is playing good footy, um, and they've come, they're coming back from the disappointment of PSG, so I think they really need to bounce back. Um, so Manchester United are up to ninth. They have a game in hand, which if they win it, they can go as high as fourth. So I think that could be a little bit of a misnomer, but like the form hasn't obviously gone the way they'd like. But I do think they'll have enough for West Ham. Um, also interested to see what happens with Mikel Antonio. If Mikel Antonio can play and he's fit, that could be a big difference. Yeah, I think Man United will win. I think they'll get it done. Ah, go on the boys. Does Martial start or do you punish him for midweek? Uh, no, he starts. Oh, he's a potato. All right, on we go. So Chelsea versus Leeds. Chelsea versus Two Leeds. Two best managers in the competition. Wow, that's a big call. Uh, Frank sucks. 
Um, well, a big call for Frank to make this week is um, does he start Giroud? No. Really? So I think, if interesting, so if he does not start, essentially what he's saying to Giroud there is it doesn't matter what you do. Should have scored five. Like if you're Giroud and you go out and score four and carry them to victory. Against a good team. Against a good team um, in a live fixture. As opposed, to, as opposed to no, well, dead yeah. rubber. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he doesn't, and he doesn't start. Essentially, he's what he's saying is, it doesn't matter how hard you train, um, how many goals you score, you're not playing. Basically, yes. Um, I think. You, I, think well, I, I would love to see him rewarding with a start. Yeah, I would too, but he won't. Um, I just, can't, I just can't see. Him. I just can't see him doing. It. He's got because then he's got to keep Werner happy. He's got to keep Abraham happy. Um, I just don't think. I just don't think he'll start it. Um, what about what about Leeds? Does Patrick Bamford start after last week's fiasco? Yeah, well, we spoke about that, didn't we? We sort of chucked the toys out of the cot when he got the hook in ninety minutes. Who gets that angry after getting subbed in the ninetieth minute? But I probably would. He, he wasn't happy, um, but yeah, he starts based on options. I think well, he's, for got, he's going home, going back to Chelsea. Patrick Bamford, so he would not want to start on the bench in this one. This would be a big one for him. If Chelsea win, they'll go top. For that point in time, so and people have been quite critical of him too. <laughs> Most of the people in this pod. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, oh, I'm actually going to tip Leeds in this one. Really, I think, I think Marco is too smart for Frank. He's going to prove it on the weekend. But and I think this one also, the other undertone I want to raise is this could potentially be an absolute goal fest. Oh, yeah, I think Leeds look very leaky and a bit shaky. Um, so I think Chelsea will get it done um, and go top for that point in time and then Frank will be laughing at you at that point. Yeah, well, if Chelsea lose by one and Manchester United win by 11, Manchester United can go to third. So just keep that in the back of your mind at 7 o'clock or 4.30 Sunday morning and then following up 7 o'clock. So next one is a real humdinger. So we've got uh, West Bromwich Albion versus Crystal Palace. Who is do you it? like in this one and why will Palace win? Um, because they're not West Brom, and West Brom are no good. No, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think, yeah, Palace will get it done. I mean, they started reasonably well. Um, results haven't been that great more recently, um, but I think they'll just have too much for West Brom and um, Slavon Bilic's boys. What have you got? Uh, yeah, I think 1-0 to Palace. Hopefully, if Wolf Saha plays, Palace win. Simple as that. If Wolf Saha doesn't play, it's a nil or draw. All right, next one. All right, next come off the rank. So Sheffield United versus uh, Fulham's Conquerors. Oh, no, the Conquerors of Leicester City. Um, yeah, well said. So Sheffield United take on Leicester City. I was trying to work in they lost to Fulham in there, but it just didn't work out for me. So who do you like in this one? And can Wilder get back on track against an underperforming Leicester City side? One point Wilder. <laughs> Three substitution Wilder. Um no, I don't think that they'll have enough. I think Le- Leicester should respond from last week. I, they've had a couple of those performances in them, to be honest. They had they played. Um, they were on a bit of a roll at the start of the season, and when they ran into West Ham and just turned in and just a terrible performance, so they didn't didn't turn up. Looked a bit leggy, um, yeah, and just weren't in great shape. So I, hopefully that that's behind them, um, and they can sort of work out what is is doing that to them and why they perform like that every now and then. Um, but I think. Yeah, I think I think Leicester will win, but that's more of a reflection of how bad Chef United are than any type of form from Leicester. So Leicester haven't won in four. 
So um, I've got a loss to Liverpool, draw with Braga, loss to Fulham, and a loss to a team, Zora Lhansk, this yeah. morning. Um, yes, but they, they were through in that group, to be fair. So, yeah. Yeah, still um, doesn't look good. They've filled a relatively strong lineup this morning. Like, where's Morgan leading the boys out? Obviously, he's, he's part of the starting eleven. But, um, yeah, look, I think they should have too much for Sheffield United. Sheffield United down in the doldrums. Um, I think Leicester will win this. They should win by a few. Yeah, depending on what happens in, um, in obviously, the London derby, I think Leicester should be able to catch up and potentially drift past Chelsea um, if they drop points. That's a nice, nice little segue there. So let's move on to the London derby. What a week for Arsenal fans. They are. It has been just tumultuous week for them, hasn't it? The fans are not happy at that club. It's, it's out of character for them. Normally, they're quite reserved. And they don't just go onto the vlogs and their YouTube channels and their podcasts and really berate their club. Generally, they present a unified front. But this week, I don't know. It's just been. It's a bit different. Arsenal's worst start in Premier League history, and they're fourteenth. Jeez, and they were, they were yes, once, once coached by Arsene Wenger too. Um, yeah, look, <laughs> I, I fear for them here. I don't fear for them in the sense that it's going to be like 5-0. Like Mourinho's team would only do that to Manchester United. Um, <laughs> I, I think they'll be beaten a resounding 2 or 3-0. Like I just, they're just not, they're not the races. They've got so many problems. Yeah, this don't look very sharp, like up front. Um, I mean, Lacazette, what has happened to him this season? Aubameyang is just... Completely off it. Um, two goals all season for Aubameyang. Um, and is, what's that stat getting around? That Son scored more goals on his own than Arsenal have all year. So the, the, the biggest problem I have with Arsenal right now is Aubameyang, right? But it's a twofold problem. One is I don't think he does enough. Like he's only good when he's going to score. Like outside of that, he's not going to lay on goals and not doing that. Yeah. And the other thing is they're not involving him. Like he's not getting any service any service and I'm like so Partey plays Partey does a great job screening the defence great job great player so what they're linking is someone between Partey and Aubameyang to link them up and I was like I wonder if just if they had a player somewhere in there who fits mm. that like a creative midfielder type, potentially like a left footed Turkish German born midfielder I don't know like it could be someone who's won some trophies maybe a Champions League and a World Cup but it just it seems so obvious. Like, I'll tell you, you've got yourself in a hole. Like, is your pride going to be too much to recall Mizzou? Yeah. Like Because Partey can do that job. Like, Partey can do the job of three men in the defensive midfield role. But they're just missing. They've just got no spark. But what – so what happens first? Who blinks first? Does um, Arteta get sacked or does he stay stubborn and, and keep Ozil out of the team? Or does he fold, bring Ozil in? Yeah, so what comes first, do you think? I think he gets sacked. Yeah. I don't think he gets sacked. I think they just meander along. Yeah. Right now they're looking more likely to be relegated than go to Europe. Jeez. Yeah, cheeky comment there by Roy Keane this week. Did you see yeah. that one? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Roy doesn't miss a beat. Um, Paul, but- Mer- Paul Merson raised a point around Ozil. And he was like, look, you've got, you've got a solution there. Um, you've got a world-class creative midfielder. Who you're paying through the nose for, you may as well use him. Um, so, yeah, as we said, looking a bit flat up front, only the bottom three have scored less than Arsenal this season. Um, the only thing a little bit troubling for Spurs fans is um, Harry Kane missed two training sessions this week. He assures um, the fans that he'll be fit and ready, but, yeah, missed two 
two sessions this week. So that's the only thing that could undo them. Um, so uh, so you're tipping Spurs here and does any type of form go out the window based on the Derby chat? No, I think without the fans, I don't think it's the same. Um, I did appreciate Jose Mourinho. I don't know if it's a dig or Jose being a smart answer if he means it, but Jose said Mikel Arteta is a talented coach this week. Is that Jose shithousery or do you think he actually believes it? Oh, I think I think he believes that he's a talented coach, but I also think he believes that he's like far superior to <laughs> Arteta at the same time. He's like he considers himself a manager, where he considers Arteta a coach. coach. Like very strategic words there, um, yeah. and some subtle shots, which is um, on brand for Jose. Yeah, I think, I think Tottenham will win this by two or three fairly comfortably, um, and I think I just think Arsenal's problems are going to be brought out for the world to see again. So Arteta is if he gets beaten rather strongly in this game, what are you thinking is his immediate future? So he could potentially go down to sixteenth. Oh, jeez, that hurts. And coming, and that will obviously continue their worst start in Premier League history, and they've just beaten been beaten by the bitter rivals. Could this be the week? Could be the worst start and the worst end to a Premier League season for him too. Uh, no, I think I don't think they'll sack him. I just I think like there's going to be all the signs there to do it, but I just don't think they'll do it because they're just not a sacking club. Yeah, they're not a sacking club. I agree. I think that um, they'll just give him more and more time. Um, he doesn't deserve it, and I don't think results are going to improve um, drastically in the near future, but they're just not going to sack him based on cash. No, and I think Stan Kroenke will go and watch him when they're away at Wickham as well um, in a couple of years' time. Very good. Um, all right, so next one is Liverpool versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. So yeah. Who do you like in this one? Um, we can't really go past Liverpool, can you, at, at this point? I mean, even, even with the injuries, um, Allison's got a, a hamstring. Um, whether he'll be back or not for this game, I'm not sure. Or they'll, um, they'll play one of their reserve keepers at Keller or um, Adrian. Um, but, yeah, blockbuster game. This is probably the second best match this week, I would think. Um, blockbuster game, and I don't think you can go past Liverpool does Jota come back to haunt Wolves? Yes. Yeah. 100% <laughs> yes, he does. And do, does he celebrate or does he do that that little no? Or no. The, oh, celebrate, no. celebrate as much as you can. Take the shirt off. Move it around your head. Um, now, I think like Wolves are in a bit of shell shock too with Jimenez's injury. Obviously, Jimenez, the player being absent, but just the way that he's absent. Went down, yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't feel good. Um, Liverpool weren't great during the week. We got the job done, which is, like I think is – Invariably, a sign of a pretty good side, um, and yeah, another another week gone, and they just seem to be unable to be stopped winning. So, I think they'll get the job done here. Yeah, I expect a professional performance from them, and I think they'll get it done. Um, Torore, the most successful dribbles in the Premier League this season. Also, twenty eight games without a goal, twenty eight starts without a goal. So. Not bad you start. win some, you lose some. Mm. Oh, um, if you only could dribble, dribble the ball in. Maybe he's just, maybe that's where he's getting unstuck, start shooting. Uh, you got to <laughs> dribble start, the keeper. you got to start thinking about it. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd fancy it more if Adrian was playing. Um, he might give you a chance to do that. But um, I think if – I don't know. I don't know if Allison's back or Kelleher's going to play again. Clean shit against Ajax, probably enough to stay inside. Yeah, I don't think Adrian plays either way based on, I think, if Allison's obviously back, he comes straight – if his feet, he comes straight back in. Whereas I think um, Keller will start otherwise. All right. So Tuesday we've got a couple of games as well. So there is uh, Brighton and Southampton. 
Is there another game? I think that's it, isn't no, it? No, that's it. Brighton, Southampton. That should be a pretty good game. So that's Tuesday morning, so we might talk about that on Monday. So what's Roger got for us this week? Uh, here he is right now. So he's got a $10 bet. Okay, that's a good start. 160 return. Um, so he's got Man City against Fulham. That's the banker, that one. So Fulham or Man City win? Man City. Oh, Man City. Okay, yep. Right. Then he's gone with Manchester United. To win against West Ham. Yep. All right. Then he's gone with Leicester to get the job done against Sheffield United. Um, and then he's got Tottenham to win. Same game multi into Harry Kane to score at any time. <laughs> so we call for the exotics and he's delivered. <laughs> so just to recap on that, Man City win, Man United win, Leicester win. Tottenham win with Harry Kane to score at any point in time. Just don't mind that. Ten dollars down gets you one sixty return, or you could power play it and get uh, one hundred and sixty-two. So Dom, if you're listening, there's some juicy odds there, mate. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna get in touch. It's email at football played on paper, football played on paper at gmail.com. Facebook is football played on paper. Insta is at football played on paper. Twitter at football on pods, and don't forget to give us a five star review as our numbers are skyrocketing. So get in early. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya.